Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Joey Leggio on. How are you, Joey? I'm great. How are you, Kieran? Fantastic. So uh, where are you from, man? I am from Long Island, New York. Awesome. That is insane. You're far away from me. You're on the <laughs> East Coast, but um, it's always fun to, to bring people on and, and talk to them about you know their life and what they do. So give us a little overview on yourself, what you do, and uh, you know how, how the heck did you get into fishing over there? Well, I definitely uh, retired from the New York City Fire Department. Always had a love for fishing, been doing it my whole life. My grandparents actually uh, started me on it. And being retired, had a lot of time, so took my love and just started taking people out, basically on their boats, and then uh, started taking them, so, you know, small, small charter, 23-foot maritime skiff, been taking them out locally, uh, fluke fishing, striped bass fishing, sea bass fishing, and just having a lot of fun with it. I do a lot with kids, I do a lot with wounded warriors, we try to get them out, uh, the Long Beach Beachfront Warriors, we've had them out a couple times, and uh, it's just something I enjoy. You know, listen, I'm retired. What else am I going to do? <laughs> plus, plus, I just had a baby, too, at, at 50. So, you know, I have that little guy running around as well. Keeps me busy. But So what? What? where do you fish around there? And when you're obviously, you know, do you have a boat, too? Yeah, it's a 23-foot maritime skiff with a single outboard motor okay. on that. But uh, right out, I'm not that far from the inlet. My home is on the water. And my boat's right in the backyard. And yeah. I got about maybe a 10-minute ride to the inlet, which That's is amazing. amazing. Yep. So you literally retired from FDNY and you're like, I'm going to become a captain. Basically, yeah. <laughs> did you know like, hey, I want to be a captain or did you kind of just get the habit of fishing and you're like, hey, you know what? This could be another fun hobby to do. No, I've always liked it. I've been doing it my whole life. There's pictures of me probably six months old on a boat. My mother carried me. So I've always been around the water and I've always been. It's my really it's been my love forever. I really I never got into the school sports, you know, into the footballs, the baseballs. I was always on the water fishing doing stuff like that so as i got older you know with the retirement basically just what i started doing you know i love it too i, just, I also love just seeing the people's excitement that's huge oh, you know especially sure. and the kids especially that's the best i like i'm a big advocate on getting these kids off these video games i personally can't stand them i i just like to get <laughs> the kids to the outdoors and there's so much to offer and so much to get that fresh air you know just get out there yeah how long have you been a captain for i'm going on probably 15 years now wow and, i've had the so license you- for a while yeah, so do you charter boats then? I do, yeah. Charter my boat. I can go on other people's boats, run their boats for them. You know, and basically it's like a, a fishing school, go out for eight hours and show them everything, what they need to do. So, but, hey, listen, you're spending a lot of money on fuel and tackle. So you, you hire a captain for the day, and it, it actually, it's worth it because in that 20, oh, excuse me, eight hours, you learn so much that now you're not wasting yeah. your time when you go out there. Now you have an idea what to do, and then you build on that. Yeah. So, so how does it work out? How does it work over there in New York as far as um, fishing times of the year? Sure. Uh, when's the best time and, and what are you catching? So right now it's winter. So basically it's the dead time. Really nothing going on here at all. So April 15th, striped bass opens. And when we're going out that inlet, we can fish the bay. You know, you can fish any structure, bridges, anything like that, rock piles. But if the guys want ocean fish, we primarily get the bigger fish. Uh, we head out. Basically, you're going to start looking for the birds. You're going to look for your gannets, uh, seagulls. Also, you look for what we have here is bunker fish, menhaden. I'm not sure if you guys get that in California. 
So you want to look for that. But with that, you want to definitely have a really good set of uh, Polaroid sunglasses. And uh, I, I've actually just got these recently. These were fantastic. These are the glass lenses. I think the glass lenses actually are a little better than the plastics. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah. Um, they work fantastic. And a lot of times the guys want to use the plastic only for safety reasons. In case the sinker pops back, it doesn't shatter glass in their face. So that's why a lot of guys go uh, for the plastic lenses. I think the glass, though, is just something about the glass is a little more crisp, I think, in my eyes. So yeah. you definitely want a good pair of sunglasses. Get out there. You're going to look for purple hues. That shows the bait. These bunker, when they're under the water, and they're in thousands and thousands of fish in these giant schools. <clears throat> and they're going to, like, if they're not splashing on top, showing themselves, you'll see, like, purple in the water. Like, it's just this weird purple hue. Another really? way to, yeah, it's just like the screen right now. You can see it's lighting purple. Your screen looks basically like that under the yeah. water. <clears throat> Another thing, too, is that if they're in lower water, they leave a mud trail. They have so many fins are pushing. There's so much pressure from this, you know, thousands and thousands of fish that they'll stir up the bottom and you'll see mud that way. You'll say, well, why is this water clear? And then you'll see this muddy patch of water. And that's usually there's somewhere in the area over there as well. So with that, you could bait fish, you know, or if you want, another way is great to locate them, which I do a lot of is trolling. With trolling, <clears throat> we use very large spoons, which I could show you. This is basically the bait right wow. here. Wow. Okay. And with this, is you basically hook this up to, a, there's a special rod used for this too. With trolling, excuse me, you just don't throw them on any rod. You need like a very spongy, soft eight foot rod and it's going to work this lure. So this is basically a spoon. You know, you have the concave and your convex side and yeah. this is going to go through the water like this. Okay. And as, as this is going, that sponginess of the rod is catching it and then snapping it back. That rod is showing you exactly what this lure is doing under the water. So the proper swim would be like this. This thing's coming through, coming through. And this mimics one of those bunker fish injured while just swimming along. <clears throat> the bass can't resist these. Yeah. You know, and, you'll, and you'll catch fish from 10 pounds to 60 pounds, and he's no problem. 60 pound striped bass? bass. That's yeah. insane. And there's all different brands you could see. But one thing you want to do, and it's it's very huge. Like, see these two spoons? You definitely don't want to troll them together because this spoon requires a different speed to work properly yeah. <clears throat> than this spoon. This spoon works great at like say three to three and a half knots. This spoon works better if you're doing four to five knots. This needs a little okay. more speed to get that proper action. So it's important. If you're gonna use this spoon, use both this spoon, you know, and vice versa. Another thing that we do in the early season is, uh, especially trolling is good for locating fish too, by the way. If you're not finding, you know, you go, you're covering more ground cruising. Yeah, yeah. We use these a lot. I'm not sure if you guys use these in California. You do have a striped bass fishery here in California, right? Um, no, not really. I always thought you did it in So this is basically a mojo, another giant lure with a 24-ounce lead head. So, and that's wow. got two hooks. Now, this is a little bit different. This is a lot easier to troll. This is more or less, you just put it in the water, do like three miles an hour, and this is going to do all the work itself. You'll sometimes see the tip of the rod will be jiggling, and that's from this tail just whipping back and forth. So you can see that. And this is basically a simple rod. Actually, I have that rod right here. So, uh, so our, our, I mean, we, we do have striped bass, but... The thing is, is they're so far up north. I'm pretty sure, I want to say that there's striped bass in like San Francisco, maybe. Maybe, let yeah. Me, let me, I got it. That's something to look up. I mean, we, because here in Southern California, we don't go after striped bass. It's just not okay. a thing. It's, so, it's too warm, probably. They are a warm, colder yeah. water fish. They like, if you can get anywhere from that 55 to 65 degree water, that's ideal for them. You yeah. Know, this is also like, here's a rod and reel set. This is a diet was set up that I use. Yep. And you can see what helps with this with the mojo trolling. You have a little line counter, which is another thing that helps out a lot. You know exactly where that bait is. So if you're setting this thing out 120 feet and you keep getting hit at that 120, you don't have to figure out where you are. You just set your clock, your uh, counter, yeah. boom, put it back out to 120. So and this is basically the mojo. It's braid, <clears throat> whereas the spoons, yeah. 
We're using stainless steel wire, Monel wire, or you could use braid as well, but then you have to add weight and it kind of takes a little bit, not all of it, it'll take a little bit of the action away. But the braid fishing with the mojos is great because it's a little bit easier. It's not beating your body up as much and people enjoy this a lot more than the actual spoon fishing. So are you using heavyweight, heavyweight rods or lightweight or no. medium weight or? This rod's nothing. This thing weighs yeah. a simple little, and I'll just try to show it to the camera, but simple little reel. And yeah. You can see the tip is fairly light on here. Okay, so you want that action. Yeah. This is actually not the bunker spoon rod. This is a mojo rod. The bunker spoon rods, it's got like a slow bend, and it's the whole rod. And that whole, okay. it's very, very whippy. Almost like a fly rod, let's just say. Not yep. to that extreme, but very, very whippy rod. <clears throat> and that will make those spoons work better. So here you go. In um, California, they planted um, striped bass in San Francisco Bay. Okay. Um, and that was in the 1870s from the East Coast. Okay, so they brought them over. Yeah, there you go. So um, that's that's so unique. And I, you know, it's crazy. I did not know they got that big. They get huge. I yeah. really, I really didn't know that. There's um, been bass netted over 100 pounds, but the world record, I believe, is like 80 something pounds, caught in geez. Connecticut. Really? Yep. What, yeah. What's the biggest one you've got? Out of 50. You did. Lots and tons in the 40s, but that 50 is always like that magic number. But I have one that was definitely in that area that uh, was actually probably 51. When I weighed it, it was like 50 exactly, and that was the next day. So they will shrink and lose weight. But um, we've had one on that. we It's a whole story. But anyway, the guy lost it. He put the, the rod and the uh, the reel in free spool and tangled up the wire. We had the fish next uh, to the boat, and that was definitely probably pushing 55. That was probably the biggest one I've ever seen in my life. That was a big fish. But hey, it happens, those, right? Yeah. Are those fish good eating? Yes, I do like them, actually. They're very good. Um, I don't know how fish are by you, but like by us, if they have like that red bloodline, you want to cut that out. Stripers yeah. do have a bloodline. If you can get all that bloodline out, it's nice wheat, white meat. It's good. I, I enjoy eating them. Um, I have this one season I like a lot. I get it from Costco. It's like a, just a red, hot, spicy uh, season and that with a little butter. And it's kind of like a buffalo fish. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's delicious. It's so good that way. But you could broil them, you know, your simple recipes, your garlics and, you know, onion, whatever, tomato sauce, you can make them a Parmesan style, which is very good as well. But they're good. They're definitely good to eat. We talked about spoons. What about live bait? Do they like live bait? Yes, you would definitely go with bunker, herring, eels. Yeah. They love lures, bucktails. Eels too, huh? They love eels. Yep. Wow. <clears throat> they like uh, bucktail lures, even like little casting lures like this. So something like this you can cast. Got it. On a spinner rod, it's a little maybe three ounce, and you know just whips through the water. It looks like a little bunker fish again, and the skirt yep. here just does all the puffing there for you underwater. Those work. A new thing now, a lot of people using <clears throat> are these uh, flutter spoons, mm -hmm. and basically you're dropping this down to the bottom, and you're just lifting up the rod, and it just flutters back down to the bottom. Yep. Lift and repeat, and boom, they're slamming that as well. Another good lure to use. Also, when fishing too, you always want to make sure you have replacements. Yeah. Because if the bluefish come in, bluefish have a lot of teeth. They like the our piranhas over here, and they just eat the hell out of these lures and they just chew them up and basically throw them away. So always have replacements ready to go. If you have the one, basically you're gonna end your fishing day real uh, early <laughs> if the bluefish are chewing on them. Are those striped bass? Are they pretty deep? No, I mean you can get them in the flats on fly rod. You can get them, and you can go okay. out as you know seventy feet. They'll be supposedly. I don't know how true it is, but supposedly there was some seen in like you know two hundred feet of water. Wow, a tuna, a tuna fisherman sort of schooling up, but for the most part, I'm fishing anywhere in the bay, fishing the bridges, uh -huh. and I'll go out to like 50, 55, and that's basically it. You're really not supposed to fish these fish uh, in federal waters, which is past the three mile line for us in New York. It's a federally protected fish; it's illegal, and if they, if they catch you with possession of one in those waters, you will get fined pretty bad. Yeah, talk to us about the regulations and rules for uh, striped bass. 
Well, they recently changed. Um, we used to be able to catch one 28 or greater, 28 inches okay. or greater. Now they have it. They put a, they made it a slot fish. So now you can catch one 28 to 35. Anything below 28 goes back. Anything above 35 goes back. And wow. they're trying to build up the population again. They're saying these bigger fish are the breeders. You know, they hold the most eggs. So they want to try to, to build it up. Back back in the, the day, I think in the 80s, early 90s, <clears throat> they did a... Um, they raised it. They had one at 36 or above, and that rebuilt it very good. I wish they would have did this again this year because in my eyes, I think this new rule is killing a lot of big fish because guys are fishing for them. And listen, you catch your, your fish of a lifetime. What are you going to do? You're going to take in a boat. You want to take pictures. <laughs> yeah. And by the time that thing gets back, it's it's pretty beat up. You know, it's an older fish. Yeah. It's like grabbing your grandmother and hanging her upside down. She's not going to make <laughs> it. You know? <laughs> but if you have a kid, you throw a kid in the air, they're fine, the younger ones. So like, I think they should just left it at one at 36 or grade. You can keep only one. <clears throat> and that's what you're done. You catch your one fish, you're done. Move on to something else. Go for your yeah. fluke, your sea bass, whatever. You got your one great fish. You got plenty of meat in the boat. But these new rules, I don't know. Uh, sometimes you disagree with things, but that's a whole other story. Yeah. So what other kind of fishing uh, do you do out there? Are, are you primarily doing striped bass on um, your charters or are you going to tuna fishing as well and getting I don't after other stuff? I don't tuna fish. I just don't have the equipment for that anymore. I, I got rid of all that. I don't have the yeah. boat really for it. Uh, I'm basically all inshore. So fluke, flounder, bluefish, uh, sea bass, porgy, blackfish, striped bass. Now we have a cobia fishery that just started two years ago. So wow. we're catching a lot of cobia here, which is fantastic. Great eating fish, yeah. a lot of fun. Uh, they fight really hard too. So that's another great fish. We have sharks inshore, plenty of sharks. So if you want to go for that. We have uh, plenty of sharks to go around, and, and they range in all different sizes from 20-pound sharks up to – I had a 530-pound thresher within swimming distance of the beach that I caught. You know, so there's, it's great. It's a lot of fun. We use – you know, we up it a little bit. We use 30-size reels for that yeah. and an 80-pound braid, and uh, we do that too. But you know, it's, it's all inshore. Basically, anything within like that 10 miles, that's me. But once you go over, you really want bigger boat and, you know, yeah, safety-wise yeah, sure. and everything. How's the weather over there when it – when you're fishing offshore, is it pretty crazy? It could, yeah. No, the Atlantic can get pretty nasty. You know, that nasty. wind picks up and it's it's quick. Yeah. When it, when it picks up, it's not like, you know, a gradual thing. Yeah. You, you'll go from flat, calm seas to six footers in, in like 20 minutes, not even, you know, it's real quick it picks up. Talk to me about flounder. You, you're talking about flounder. I mean, they're pretty similar to halibut, right? Well, the fluke is, yeah. So we had the winter flounder, which is kind of like, fade in a way we don't get them like we used to but our fluke is definitely close to your halibut they have teeth they're very aggressive you know um huge mouths with tremendous teeth yeah. your halibuts i guess your halibuts go anywhere from 10 to 50 60 pounds i guess yeah by you so our fluke go from like say a, a keeper is what is keeper? i think it's 18 and a half up to like you know a 10 pound fish is a prize that's a real nice fluke yeah so a little smaller but similar are they pretty tasty they're excellent Fluke is very good. You can't beat a fried fluke sandwich, that's for sure. So talk to me about like a, a daily excursion with you and your and what you do. I mean, these guys are getting on your boat and you're going fishing. Talk to me about from the beginning, the get-go, how long does it take you to, to prep the boat and get everything ready? And, uh, you know, how long are you usually on the water for? Well, usually I have everything ready the night before. I have all the rods okay. ready. I keep them by the back door. And in the morning, I'll get out there, load up my boat, have a bag, what I use for that day, plus some extras in case we want to change it up, do something else. <clears throat> like I said, I have a smaller boat, so I really can't take, you know, rods for fluke, rods for this. Rod, I just don't have the room for it. It's a 23-footer. Yeah. So from there, I go pick the, the people up at the bait station, which is literally right up the block from my house. There's a gas dock there. 
get the bait needed for the day, get the ice, and we're off. I try to make it as, as much fun as possible. You know, like do whatever you want. As long as nobody's getting hurt on the boat, I could care less. You know, you guys yeah. want to have a drink on a boat, have a drink. I don't care. You want to smoke, smoke. I don't really care. And just being respectful and having a good time and just making a memory. That's the most important thing is I want people, you know, if a bunch of guys are going out for a bachelor party, have a good time. Make this a memorable day. You know, you're taking yeah. kids out. Film them. Bring your cameras. Bring a video camera. Film these kids. You know, having their, their first experience fishing and show the excitement and how much fun they have. And, you know, that memory is going to be with them forever. So that's is basically there a lot, Is there a lot of charters over there? Uh, in my area, it's probably like four or five of us. Where, where exactly in New York do you live? I'm in Oceanside. Oceanside, Oceanside Long Island. Yep. Okay, nice. Is it, is it pretty cold there right now? Right now, it's in the 40s. Oh. As today, it's in the 40s, yeah. Oh, boy. We had snow the other day, but it wasn't too bad. So when, when is your season for chartering then? Uh, usually like April. We'll start up April. Uh, April 1st is the beginning of the blackfish season. And then April 15th starts the striped bass. So I like to be ready for April. And then we go right to first week of December. I'm done. It's just too cold. And, you know, even though the winters have been mild here, it's still, it's cold. Yeah. So in regards to having a smaller boat, that probably makes a big difference for um, being able to zip around to certain spots. Oh, yeah. Like you were saying with trolling and stuff. Um, how, how often are you trolling compared to using with, with using those spoons and stuff or using live bait? I mean, when you're going on a charter, are you, is it kind of one of those things where you're like, okay, if, if we see the fish, we're just going to throw a live bait in or Definitely, are yep. you tr trolling until you see those fish? Like you said, um, talk to me a little bit about that and the process that sure. goes behind that. If you see the bait, like this, this uh, fall was a very good bait year. We had the bait there. You came out that inlet, boom, the bait was there. You fished. And I'm going to be honest, it's a lot more fun catching fish on spinning rods with bait, not battling wire line. You know, it's just you and the fish at that point. There's nothing in between. It's, it's a lot more fun. So we always rather catch fish on the bait. <clears throat> but there's times you go out there and you have a dead ocean. You don't see anything. So you put the trolling lures out and you start trolling around. And then you can locate a pot of fish and you can work that area and just get your limit going back and forth with your, with your trolling gear. Or if there's bait there, what's holding those fish there? Then you can change it up and then get some bunker, drop some baits down. If you want to cast bucktails or swimming plugs or metal lips, whatever it may be, you could do that as well. Or well, like I said, you could do the flutter spoons too. This is the new thing. Once you locate that fish, they just destroy these these lures. Yeah. And it's a lot more fun. Yeah. You're just probably just slaying them just back to back to back. It's fun. I, I feel like trolling is so fun because, you know, you're you're having a beer, you're having a good time just on the boat. And then all of a sudden that reel just starts. Yeah. And then you're just, you're like, oh gosh, fish on, fish yeah. on, stop the boat or. I don't know how you guys do it there. I mean, different trolling um, for different fish, like Wahoo or whatever. Like you're reeling those fish in while you're running, you know. But um, yeah. how how does it work when you guys are um, trolling there? I mean, are you stopping the boat completely? No, I keep it in gear a little bit because these lures weigh a lot. If you do any type of slack in the line, this is usually going to pull out. So you want to keep that tension. This is nice and tight. Yeah. You know, any type of slack, this thing comes down and it works that hook out. You know, this, is, this weighs over a pound. Yeah, so it's, there's a lot of weight to it, but like you said, it's it's pure boredom. Guys are hanging out, drinking some beers, talking whatever, and all of a sudden, <laughs> bang! <laughs> that rod goes off. Yeah. You see people jump up, screaming like, "Holy shit!" It's like pure excitement. It, it literally goes totally. from dead boredom to freaking crazy excitement. Yeah, you know, w within seconds. And then that's you know, it is that's amazing. It, you know, it's fun. It's great. And then you hand the rods off to the guys. Whoever they'll choose in the beginning, who's going to go first? You know, I'll go. I'll take the first fish. Just won't take the second. Blah 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 everything's it's a game it's all set and boom that guy gets the rod he reels it in i'll work the throttles and then once that fish comes up i'll put it basically in neutral and then net that fish and bring him in a boat take a picture if it's too big he goes back 
If it's a keeper, another important thing is you always want to bleed them with the stripers, with any fish you can slice right here. They have yeah. that white, there's like a white membrane. And once you slice that, it bleeds out. Get the blood out of that fish, clean it off, and get it on the ice right away. And it makes great table fare. I love that. So if somebody wanted to come over uh, to Oceanside, Long Island, and do a charter with you, how can they do that? Do you have a website? Do you have Instagram, social media? I have all, all, all social media. So I have lots of videos on my YouTube pages. I have two YouTube pages. One is YouTube Fishing Long Island, and the other one is Chase and Tail TV, C-H-A-S-I-N, no G, Chase and Tail TV. also have social media. I believe it's Captain Joey Leggio on Instagram. And then also the same, I believe it's, I'm not sure actually what it is on Facebook, but if you type my name, it usually pops up. Pops up. Yeah, you'll see the chubby Italian guy, you know what you mean. <laughs> the chubby Italian guy. <laughs> so what about, let me ask you one more question before I, I let you hang up on me. When you're fishing out there, do you ever, um, you know, do sashimi or anything? Is there any type of fishing um, on the East Coast over there that you can, you, you can eat the fish right away? CBS fluke guys have done that on the boat. They've done okay. it actually more than once. I've seen them do it. Yeah, uh, fluke is really good sushi. CBS uh, is really good. Uh, they do get some bluefin in close once in a while. They pop up within where I'm fishing in that water, and the belly of the bluefin tuna is phenomenal. That's yeah. really really good. But I mean, let's, I've seen a CBS and the fluke mostly been uh, being done like that. How warm does the water get there in the summer? We're in the seventies. Oh you wow! Know, uh, sometimes even upper seventies. It depends. You know, yeah. July, August, September. Amazing, but. Well, it it, it's like... changing. It's definitely changing. Something with these seasons, it's like everything's rotating. You know, April's yeah. colder and December's warmer. It's, it's it's weird what's going on. But we're seeing yeah. more Florida fish are coming up. Fish that are, you know we never would see. We're getting kingfish up here now. You know, we've Spanish mackerel, but we always got the Spanish mackerel. Wahoo, we get a lot of now. Mahi mahi, now cobia. So you've seen all these exotics come up the coast, which is it's pretty cool. Triggerfish, sheepshead, all these different fish. So who knows what's going on out there? But <laughs> definitely something changing. Do you have any any trips coming up? Not now. Nope. Not April fifteenth will be the first trip. April fifteenth. Yeah, April fifteenth, the opening day. I have my my guys every year. I run their boat for them. We head out to Raritan Bay. Actually, the fish will go to Raritan Bay first, and Raritan Bay is a bay that's it's in between New Jersey and Staten Island, New York, and that yep. water's warmer back there. So that's going to be your first place you want to target. For me, that's like a fifteen mile run to get there, and then it can be as much as twenty some miles. Depends how far back you go in. So I don't like to take my little boat there, but I'll run other people's boats back there. And with that, it's really not so much the spoons. You're trolling little plugs. Actually, I have a video on my YouTube uh, page that shows how to make rigs for back there. And uh, mojos, you're going to be trolling these things. But on a smaller scale, this happens to be a 24-ounce. You're probably going to be trolling like the 8 ounces with the 4s. This is a single. You also do the tandem. Well, this will be an 8. And then 15 feet back, you'll have a 4-ounce, which wow. works very well. So only with the longer lines, people got to be aware that you're going to have to hand line that long that you have 15 feet of line out. So once you reel it up, you can't reel them one and you, you hand line that re the, uh, the fish in the rest of the way and some will be there with a net, whatever, to get that fish in. But it works and it's a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Fishing is yeah. always the best. It's a, yeah. What do they say? A better, uh, a day fishing better than at work, right? I mean, a bad day's water, fishing. Yeah, a bad yeah. day's fishing is better than a good day at work. There you go, yeah. <laughs> well, Joey, thanks for coming on. Thanks for telling us about your, uh, your, your life story and, and what you do. Uh, anybody that's listening in, and over on the east coast new york long island area go check out joey's uh charter business and hop on a boat with them it sounds fun it is a lot of fun like i said we try to make it as fun as possible there's no yelling there's no screaming there's excitement though when we catch fish we, we definitely <laughs> yeah. encourage excitement yeah but yeah no it's we try to make it as most as enjoyable as possible and we especially want to get those kids out there that is the important that's the future we got to get them out there and enjoy these outdoors absolutely so, less xboxes more tackle boxes that's what i've always said i love that that's amazing yeah. Well, Joey, thank you again, and thanks, everybody, for listening in to today's podcast.
We got to get you out here when you're coming down. <laughs> Absolutely, dude. I just got a text from Salt Life about going to Florida oh, nice. uh, in a couple months. So maybe, hopefully I can like spin around. I want to go see a lot of people um, on the Salt Life team and the family mm-hmm. uh, with Salt Life. It's so fun. It's I always say it's so fun talking to everyone. It makes me so irritated that I can't be everywhere at once. Yeah. It sucks. But at the same time, it's fun to, to get you guys on here and talk to you. Yeah. Well, hopefully you ever come this way. I'll be here. Absolutely. All right, Joey. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening in to Above and Below a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this episode, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. And remember, stay salty. <laughs>